Hey, welcome back. Time to grab your board and swim out into that turbulent sea. See if you can't still catch a wave, even with the storm brewing all around here. With the man who, uh, well, he's out there casting his uh, net and seeing what comes forth here. We've got um, Matt Hines from Hines Marketing. How are we doing, Paul? I'm doing good. You know, as I'm listening to that commercial that ran right before yours, the Flip My Funnel Report. Boy, I'll bet that's going to get updated here. I'll bet that uh, what's new in the state of ABM marketing here. I, <laughs> I don't know when the well, new we and improved research. Yeah. We did a couple of different research projects in Q1, you know, where we have answers coming back from people in what was a much better market. And, you know, it's interesting. Normally you would say, oh, well, that was just done. That 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 would be pretty good. Boy, you know, even 30, 45 days later, I bet you some of their answers have changed. I'll bet they have. And you know what's interesting to me? I'll just throw this in before you guest today here. Maybe you can talk about it. Many of the companies that we talk to on the Funnel Radio Network and all the stations that we do here, a month or two ago, a couple months ago, they were reporting the best year they'd ever had, the best quarter they'd had in a long time. I'm here in Orange County. The Orange County Business Journal was on the other day. They had their all-time record year last year. So we were all primed for big time, and all of a sudden, how the mighty have fallen. You know, in a very short period of time, we've gone to one of the worst queues we've seen maybe in our lifetime or in a while here. That rapid decline from the height to wherever we are now here has been dizzying, I think, for people. It has been. And I think, you know, people are still buying, people are still selling. There's yeah. business, but there's also a lot of, just a lot of stress. A lot of, you know, I think in the world, what people feel as unrest is actually a form of grief, you know, from what's going on, yeah. for not knowing what's coming next. And, it's the uncertainty you know, that comes it, next. Yeah, I think that's what yeah, adds and, to fear is I, I, I can handle just about anything if you tell me what's happening. I may not like it, but I'll find a way to deal with it. But when I don't know, I'm a scared kid in the corner saying, help me. Yeah. Well, I think our guest today will help us a little bit with that. Thank you everyone for joining us on another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. Uh, we are here every week at 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. If you're joining us live, hopefully working from home, thank you for making us part of your work from home workday. If you're listening to the podcast, thank you so much for joining over 100,000 of your B2B sales and marketing friends. And every episode of Sales Pipeline Radio is always available past, present, and future at salespipelineradio.com. Dot com. We are featuring every week some of the best and brightest minds in sales and marketing. Today, absolutely no different. Very excited to host today uh, a friend, uh, one of the best voices in B2B sales today, Mark Hunter, who is the author of numerous books, including the brand new book, A Mind for Sales. Uh, Mark, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me on today. Looking forward to talking. So I want to talk about the book, and for sure, people are going to want to get a copy of this book. It's it's one of my favorites of the year so far, for sure, in terms of sort of the, the topic and what it covers and what it recommends. But I think a lot of people, as you know, Paul alluded to, are kind of, you know, there's uncertain times. There's a lot of prospects that are sort of slowing down on things. You're talking to sales leaders all day long, trying to figure out how to keep their team motivated, how to keep selling, how to sell with empathy. What's the general advice that you're giving based on what you're seeing in the field right now? Well, the, the two pieces I'm telling everybody is, A, look at the long picture, look at the long game. Don't try to play the short game, play the long game. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. I'm very optimistic. I know we were talking before the show regarding first quarter is the best one, and all of a sudden, boom, this hits. But you know what? We're going to get back on track. The piece that I'm saying right now, short term, is you need to be listening to everybody's backstory. Everybody's got a backstory, a personal backstory and a professional backstory. And you got to take a couple minutes and listen to that, listen to it with empathy, because you know what? You've got a backstory. 
what's happened so far to you and how are you responding to it? And if we demonstrate that, it's amazing how we create a much better connection. There's a lot of business being done out there, a lot of business, a lot of opportunities, but you just have to take the time to listen, listen more intently. And that's advice that you could give at any time. You could have given it three months ago. You can give it six months from now is to use your active listening skills and to understand where someone's coming from. You know, I've heard pros and cons of people saying, you know, you know, giving the uh, what's keeping you up at night question and making questions too broad. How do you exercise active listening? How do you let your prospect share while still maintaining control and direction of the conversation? Well, this is really, if you think about it, what we're talking about here today has really been part of selling for a thousand years. But unfortunately, we kind of lost that mojo in terms of listening. Now we're suddenly coming back to it. What do we mean by that? It's really taking what that person is saying and just letting them talk. And you know what's interesting is the typical salesperson wants to guide the conversation. They want to guide the conversation. They want to take it to the next question. They want to go to that. And really right now, we have to step back and let the customer, let the customer guide the discussion. Let them drive. And what I'm finding is when we take the time to just be a little more open and a little more empathetic, what we're doing is we're creating a deeper relationship, which is creating trust. And if you think about this now, right now, in the midst of this pandemic situation, trust is more important than ever in anything and everything. You know, you want to be, you want to know that you can go to the store if you need to, and you're not going to get COVID-19. You want to be able to trust. You want to be able to trust. You want to trust. So the conversations we have as salespeople, we have to create that. And you do that by letting the customer drive sharing with them. Let them share their backstory. You share a little bit of your backstory, but let that personal relationship come through. And that's something you can still do remotely, right? I mean, I think, you know, there's clearly there's more companies that even in better times are moving towards more of a remote sales, inside sales format. Every salesperson today is being forced to, you know, work remotely and give up some of the value of the face-to-face conversation. I believe that that will come back and that, you know, that you really can't replace face-to-face in-person selling. Are there best practices for authentically building those relationships and building that rapport when you have to do that remotely? Well, there is. I mean, we're all in a WFH work from home, so that means we're SFH. But remember, our customers are in a BFH. They're buying from home. And one of the best practices that that I really contend is that we have to allow every person's situation to be their own situation. Now, what do I mean by that? I was talking to a lady the other day, and, and she was working at her kitchen table because her husband was at the one desk they had in their apartment. He was working. And then as I'm sitting there, we happen, we happen to be on a Zoom call. Suddenly, her three-year-old comes and runs in the room and jumps up on her lap. You know what? I got to roll it. Hey, what's your son's name? And we had to talk. And, you know, again, it's letting that conversation come through. Do not pass judgment. You're talking to somebody, and the dog starts barking. Who cares? That's great. Hey, what kind of dog have you got? That's great. I've got this dog. I've got, you know. You know again, you allow for the personal connection to come through. That's the biggest best practice. But there's another best practice, speed. Speed sells now more, more than ever. So many salespeople, what they'll do is they'll, they'll, hey, this is a great call, so forth. Well, let's set up time for the next call. How's your calendar look next week? Next week is off the table. You know, if you think about all the changes that have occurred just in the last week, what I want to do is, how's your calendar look this afternoon? How's your calendar mm-hmm. look three or four hours from now? Or worst case, tomorrow morning. Speed sells. 
And what does that allow you to do? It allows you to move through the process faster. Because remember, we got social distance, but social distance is changing so quickly, so rapidly. I got to move quickly. We're working from home. We're selling from home. We're broadcasting from home. Is that BFH? I don't know, but uh, we're very happy to have with us today Mark Hunter sharing some great wisdom on selling in this moment. He's the author of a number of books, including High Profit Selling, High Profit Prospecting, and the brand new book, A Mind for Sales. And I want to spend some time talking about this book so you can learn more about Mark on his website, thesaleshunter.com. You can get a copy of the book there. You can get a copy on Amazon and a bunch of different places. And I think this book is particularly important now because I think when we're working from home, when we're selling from home, we've lost in many cases sort of the rhythms that we're used to working with. And a big part of this book is the mindset you have for sales and the habits you set up. Talk a little bit about why that is so important for salespeople, especially right now. Well, it is because, you know, and the reason I wrote the book, because I wrote High Profit Prospecting beforehand, really giving you the tools is how to prospect. But people said, I, I, I can't prospect. I, I just don't know how. And really what it comes down to is they didn't have the right mindset. The right mindset overpowers, overcomes any other issues that you might have. Because you could have the best sales stack in the world. You could have the best product to sell. But let me tell you something. If your mindset isn't right, you're not going to be successful at all. What is the mindset? The mindset is about putting the customer first, putting the customer first. In my book, I, I talk about how I got fired from my first two sales jobs because I wasn't even thinking about the customer. I wasn't thinking about the And when we think about the customer, and here's the whole deal, my whole objective when I sell is to help you, the customer, see and achieve what you didn't think was possible. That's my goal. If I'm passionate about helping people, I'm going to be incredibly successful selling because I'm gonna help move you to the next level. And especially right now in the midst of this pandemic that we're in right now, to me, I get jazzed to be in sales during times like this. Now, I, I don't wish this time upon anybody. I mean, I wanna get out of it, but it's when we're needed more than ever as salespeople to be able to help customers. Well, and I think that, you know, you mentioned earlier sort of building rapport, and sometimes I think selling with empathy is simply sort of asking, like, how are you doing? Like, you know, how are you feeling through this? And we've been doing that with employees, you know, just, you know, saying, hey, listen, like, how are you doing? What do you need? Like, you know, what, what do you need from us? What do you need from your colleagues? Um, you know, what can we do to be supportive of you? And I think just that level of even just asking the question of being empathetic is more than a lot of people are willing to do. We're going to come back. We've got to pay some bills and take a quick break. We'll be back with more with Mark Hunter. We're going to talk more about the mindset for sales. We're going to talk about how that relates to not only hitting your number, but accelerating and moving in and through your career. Uh, we'll be right back on Sales Pipeline Radio. CMOs and marketing leaders have the increasingly complex task of effectively communicating marketing's value to their CEO and board. And as today's markets face growing uncertainties, the need for clear, consistent, and predictable communication will only continue to grow. How do they do it? Read the new research report on marketing's role in the boardroom from Drift, G2, and Heinz Marketing. Get it now at drift.com slash alignment. That's drift, D-R-I-F-T dot com slash alignment. All right, we'll see if the connections will hold up for one half more of our conversation here, here with uh, Mark Hunter. 
You never know. Never know. We were talking with Mark Hunter today, who's the sales hunter and a frequent speaker at sales kickoffs and the company kickoffs and uh, pretty much any any sale B2B sales conference in the uh, around the country. You'll find Mark speaking and keynoting. Author of a number of books, including the brand new book A Mind for Sales, and. Talk about, like, I mean, you mentioned earlier, people don't know how to prospect. Sometimes they don't have a plan or they don't have the discipline to do it. Let's get specific. Like, let's talk about place. Let's talk about desk organization. Let's talk about lists printed out in front of you. Like, what are some of the things that can eliminate some of those physical and mental barriers to helping people increase their activity and output? One of the first things I tell salespeople, anytime you're feeling stalled, stop. Pick a piece of paper up. Make two columns. Left hand column, right down your best customers, write them down. A right column, write down the outcomes that you've helped them achieve. Not what you sold them, it's not, it's not what you sold. It's how they were helped because of what you sold. Write down those outcomes. And it's amazing, when you write down those outcomes, then you suddenly begin to realize, hey, wait a minute, I am making a difference with people. And when you begin to look through that list, then you realize, wait a minute, I have the ability to help people. So then what I do is I then to say, okay, who are people, what are profiles that are similar to those great customers? So that becomes my ICP, and in, in, in a very simple term, you know, your ideal customer profile. And then what you have here is you say, wait a minute, I have the ability to help these people, so now it's my responsibility to reach out to these people. And then what it comes down to is very simply, I'm just going to call and have a conversation. You see, my objective on that initial call is you're not expecting me to call. You didn't wake up this morning and, and gee, I hope a salesperson calls me and, and tries to tell me something I don't know. But what you want to do is you just want to earn the right. You just want to earn the privilege, the honor, and the respect to be able to talk with that person again. Because if you do that, it's amazing how sales suddenly becomes really very easy, very simplistic, and it becomes very engaging because it's now I'm helping you, the prospect, and I'm going to help you even more when I turn you into a customer. That mindset sounds like it's important not just for sales, but for any customer-facing professional, any leader, uh, anyone who wants to sort of step into their day with a positive, proactive, practical mindset. I want to ask you specifically about the marketers, though, and I think, you know, that is, I look at a lot of great sales books like yours and say, like, marketers need to understand this. They need to understand what your sales counterparts are reading. They need to understand sales best practices to create better cohesion between sales and marketing efforts. What can a B2B marketer learn and take away from a mind for sales? What they can learn is how important it is to be aligned up with sales. I share in the book a couple of stories how it's so easy for sales to throw missiles at marketing and marketing to throw missiles at sales. You know, the old joke, when you miss your number, who do you blame? You blame marketing if you're in sales, and if you're in marketing, you, you know, it, it, that's old, that's old. What I share in the book is a couple of stories where salespeople were a little frustrated with marketing. Gee, that, that's not unusual. But what hmm. they did was they said, look, let's work together. Let's work together on a couple of customer projects. And it was amazing how when marketing was now sitting alongside on the telephone calls, sitting alongside in the meeting, sitting alongside. And it was amazing how suddenly what the salespeople and marketing were able to do was really hone the messaging. And this is what I talk about in the book. Marketing deals in a macro perspective, okay? They're, we're dealing messaging, we're dealing educational content, lead generation, etc. The salesperson is down at the micro level, individual. So it's so easy for the salesperson to throw missiles. Well, gee, this, look at this document, look at this, look at this, look at yeah, Hold it, salesperson. Understand why marketing wrote that. 
Marketing wrote that from a macro perspective for the marketplace, for the audience, for that, for that demographic segment, for that group. You're dealing with it for one individual person. So anyway, there's a couple chapters in the book where I talk about how when sales and marketing comes together, and, and I share some strategies and some ideas in the book as to how to pull together, then suddenly it's amazing that it's no longer two different departments, two different teams, but it's one. It's one. Working together to help the customer. Because there is a logical flow. Both sides need each other. Sales must have marketing. I hate it when salespeople say, wow, why don't they just give us all marketing money? And, and no, 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 you don't want that. You don't want that at all. Marketing is beautiful at creating that overarching messaging, creating the educated marketplace, and really, so to speak, bringing the prospect to the salesperson. Then it's the salesperson's job to close it from there. But boy, both sides got to be working together. Wrapping up here with a few more minutes with Mark Hunter, the uh, author of the new book, A Mind for Sales. And one other thing you cover in the book, Best Laid Plans Don't Always Survive Contact with the Battlefield. And you talk about minefields and mind traps, M-I-N-D traps. Can you talk a little bit about the things that many sellers face when they have good intentions, they develop their systems, they do some of the things you're talking about, but then they start to execute and they lose steam, they lose momentum, they lose confidence. What are some of those common minefields and mind traps and how do you get around those? Well, the common traps are we're going to inundate our sales force with all of these apps and hacks and all these different things. And what happens is we, we say, well, if we just lay in this process, if we just lay in this, if we just lay in this, and it's going to make it. But then what happens is the sales organization becomes so encumbered while the sales force is being controlled by the apps and the hacks that they really don't have the ability to do what they do. The best app, the best sales app out there is your mind. And what happens to me times is we create all of these tools. And what began as a CRM has mushroomed into 10,000 different platforms. And they're all great. They're all great. But we have to understand how do they complement the mind? How do they support the mind? Because at the end of the day, it's important that the salesperson drives the app and not the app driving the salesperson. Let's go ahead and use a, use a very simple example. The Tesla automobile, self-driving mechanism. It's a wonderful tool. It's a wonderful tool. It's great. It's great. However, however, there have been some deaths that unfortunately have been recorded because people overused the app. They overused the self-driving mechanism. See, the self-driving mechanism, when it's used right, is a great complement to the driver. But when used wrong, it can kill. And, and yeah, that's a pretty drastic example. But, but this is what happens when apps and hacks and, and SaaS programs and so forth get out of control in terms of how the salesperson's using them. You've got to use them in the perspective of the big picture. I was reading on your website and other description for the book. This is, uh, I wrote this down. Do not read this book if you would rather make excuses. Do not read this book if you feel like it's someone else's responsibility to train you. And I hope that many good sellers are in organizations with strong leaders, with strong coaches, with access to training materials. But I've heard you speak and read enough of your content to know that you believe strongly in individual sales reps taking full responsibility for their own, obviously their own quote on their actions, but also their own training and education. What are some other books and resources, other, you know, in addition to your own 
that you think are must reading for modern B2B sellers today? Well, I really like all three of the books written by Mike Weinberg. Sales Truth is his most uh, current book, but then Sales Management Simplified and New Sales Simplified. I think those three books are absolutely outstanding. And I think also that there's a perspective that we have to get outside of the sales world. And Ray Dalio has written the book Principles, came out almost two years ago now. But I believe that is a foundational business book that every salesperson can read because one of the challenges we have in sales is that we have to be able to think broad. We have to think big. And we can't allow ourselves because, remember, we're selling into people who aren't, in, who aren't into sales. So that means we've got to understand their world. So that's why I very highly recommend Ray Dalio's book, uh, uh, Principles, as a um, business book. Not so much sales focus, but I love every everything by Mike Weinberg. Well, I agree with you on that, and I think my it's it's been fun for people like yourself and Mike and others uh, who are writing right now and giving just good, practical, no nonsense, no spin advice to help salespeople keep their motivation and keep going. But we're out of time, unfortunately, for today. I want to thank our guest again, Mark Hunter. Check out his book, A Mind for Sales. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Uh, you can find it on his website, thesaleshunter.com. Uh, check it out. It's a lot of good stuff. We'll be back next week. We've got a lot of great guests lined up as we head into warmer weather. I'm looking out the window here at Work From Home, Paul, and it is it is sunny. It is gorgeous. We're going to go do some beer can chicken later today and make the best of it. But on behalf of my great producer, Paul, this is Matt Hines. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. And with that, we wrap up another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio right here on the Funnel Radio channel for at-work listeners like you.